I just want to encourage us to turn to uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 3 today for our brief time uh, in God's Word. Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 7 through 12. And uh, this was prompted by the fact that I'm actually really studying through the book of Hebrews right now in my own uh, personal um, teaching preparation, but also uh, just... uh, It was interesting the other day, I'm not sure if it was Saturday or Monday, when Curtis was praying, uh, we often focus on praying for the prodigals, those that have turned away from the faith, but he uh, occupied much of his time in praying for those that may look well on the outside right now and may not show any outward indication that they are uh, uh, unbelieving, but... uh, Uh, He prayed that uh, God would work in their lives. And I thought of this passage um, that I think is very appropriate to that that scene that Curtis prayed about. And uh, so in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we looked at that the last time uh, that I brought a devotional. And uh, we talked about fixing our thoughts on Jesus and considering Jesus. And uh, Jesus is superior in his person and in his work and in his office. He's our great, uh, the great apostle, the great high priest. Uh, he's not a, a, just a servant. He's a son. Uh, he's the son of God. And uh, also uh, he's the, the builder of the house. And uh, so with that in the background, the author continues in verse 7. Wherefore... As the Holy Ghost saith, as the Holy Spirit saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation or as in the quarreling. This is from Psalm 95. Uh, The Hebrew word is Meribah. In the day of temptation, that's the word Masah in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore... I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil part of unbelief in departing from the living God. Uh, The title of my meditation today is Guarding Our Hearts. Guarding our hearts. And in this brief text, there is an illustration and a quotation uh, after we look at the intended audience, and then there's the invitation or the exhortation. I I believe the author of Hebrews has three different um, audiences in mind as he preaches this uh, long sermon, writes this long sermon. I think he's uh, referring to believers who are true, true believers of the faith. Uh, and yet are in danger of um, of thinking they have to add something else uh, in order to be right with God. Then I think there are those that have heard the truth, maybe even affirmed some of the truth, but have yet not committed themselves fully to Jesus Christ, are not true believers, although they're very, very close to that. And then there are those that <clears throat> are just being introduced to the gospel uh, through this sermon uh, in the book of Hebrews. I believe the intended audience primarily here is are those who have heard the gospel, who know the gospel, who may even affirm belief in God and 
in our day say that Jesus is the son of God, and yet they have never committed themselves fully uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of a person that is on the 10th floor or above of a burning building. And uh, there's no other escape other than for them to jump uh, into uh, some sort of apparatus that uh, will will catch them below that the firefighters have, uh, have put together. No other escape unless they jump into the net. But although they know that to be true, they still don't jump. Maybe it's because they're hoping to find another way of escape. Or maybe they don't want to leave behind some prized possessions that they would have to part with if they jumped. Maybe they're just a little bit embarrassed to jump. Or uh, they, uh, they're afraid of being hurt if they jump. They, they know the danger of not jumping, but uh, they don't do it. And I think that's the kind of individual that's mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 3. And he says today, if you'll hear his voice, the voice of Christ, the voice of Scripture, the voice of God, do not harden your hearts, but guard your hearts. And we know that the heart is the control center of our lives. The illustration, of course, here is the children of Israel in their wilderness wanderings. They had a great, the greatest of all beginnings with the Exodus. And they had the saddest of all endings as they could not enter the promised land because of their unbelief. Out of 600,000 approximately, uh, the estimate is of, of, of uh, Israelite men who, who left uh, Egypt, only but only two, Joshua and Caleb, were in, able to enter the land. The rest perished because of their unbelief. And that unbelief began very shortly after the Exodus, if you'll recall. All the way in Exodus 17, they began to quarrel. That's the word here uh, for provocation. They began to quarrel uh, with Moses. They began to complain against God. Uh, they said, there's no water for us here in this wilderness. And they um, and they they quarreled. And of course, they quarreled up to the to the very end, all the way to Numbers, even 20, where where Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock again uh, because of their provocation. The author here is actually quoting from Psalm 95, which was written uh, hundreds of years after the Exodus, and yet a thousand years before Hebrews was written. And he's saying today, if you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, do not harden your heart. What an what a affirmation of the of the doctrine of inspiration here and how important it is for us today to hear the voice of God through the spirit and through his word. Somebody has said that the key moment of our lives, of our Christian lives is the moment when the spirit speaks to our hearts by the scripture. And my admonition to us today uh, on this call is to make sure that we're listening to the spirit through the scripture Take care that we listen regularly and that our heart is turned to God, much like a sunflower is turned to the sun when it comes out. That's a peculiar danger to us, I think, because we have been listening for so long. And we, are, it, we could easily fall into the trap of saying, well, I've, I've listened to hundreds of messages in person. I've listened to hundreds of messages on sermon audio. 
I've attended various conferences through my life. I've read the best of Christian books available. Well, we're not done listening. As long as we have breath, as long as we have ears to hear, on this earth, we are to listen to the Spirit through the Word. I think there's an urgency here. Would you not agree? And he's saying today is the day of salvation. Today is the day we're to hear God's voice. I remember the story of D.L. Moody, who occasionally would say after he was uh, preaching the gospel, he would say, I want you to go home tonight and I want you to consider who Jesus Christ is. And uh, I want you to think about this and, and call on him as Savior. He did that one particular evening in Chicago, and he told the uh, congregation there to go home and consider the claims of Jesus Christ on their life and come back tomorrow night. And on that night, the great Chicago fire happened, and many who were in that audience that night perished. Never again did Moody say, go home and think about this. Rather, he would urgently Uh, plead and exhort the listeners to come to Christ for today is the day of salvation. The illustration here is of the unbelief of the Israelites. And unbelief can occur in our lives slowly but surely. And then we begin to harden our hearts and we begin to have a contempt and irreverence for the word of God. And when we do that, We grow very negative, much like the children of Israel. We complain, we quarrel, and we disobey. And so as we go to prayer today, let us make sure that we're looking into the mirror of the word of God. And although this primarily, I believe, was intended for those that had not yet come to Christ, there is great application for us as well who know the gospel and are seeking to live for God. Notice the Tremendous import of those that reject the gospel here. It says, they will not enter my rest. They will not enter my rest. Here were folks who had a a remarkable experience, multiple remarkable, spectacular experiences of grace in their life, and yet they did not enter the rest of God. So what's the invitation? It's found in verse 12. Take heed, brethren. I think he's referring to Jewish brothers, much like he said, my heart's desire is that uh, uh, Israel would be saved. He said, take heed, lest there be in any of you an unbelieving, a heart of evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, once again, I'll just say, I think this is primarily to those that are very, very close to the gospel that haven't come to Christ, but the application is for us today. I think of John Bunyan and that his classic Pilgrim's Progress, who outlined applications for believers, lest we backslide and we uh, have even a, a small heart, an evil heart of unbelief. He mentions that begins with the forgetfulness of God that we are going to meet him one day. We forget Hebrews 10.31, that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Then that is followed by a gradual loss of private holiness, of prayer, of curbing uh, our lust for sin, which is followed by avoiding the company, as Bunyan puts it, of lively Christians, of those who are on fire for the Lord. That is often followed by a disinterest in the public worship 
of, of the congregation and a, uh, a picking of faults with others. Associating with the godless, as Psalm 1 shows us that progression. And then our sorry condition becomes clearly seen. Today, I would just use this uh, passage as an exhortation for us to pray for those who know the truth and have not yet come to Christ. Pray for those, secondly, who have hardened their hearts, the prodigals that we have mentioned before. And then thirdly, let us pray for those who may be somewhere in that process, even in our own hearts today as believers in Christ, um, having hearts of unbelief, not believing God for his promises, or not believing and heeding the warnings of God that he has clearly given in his word.